Hey guys, this is your girl Liram, and you're listening to Self Reflection Podcast. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Self Reflection Podcast, episode number two, season two. Let's get it. Today we have, well, before I tell you guys who we have on our show, I want to ask you how are you doing? How are you feeling on this lovely, beautiful Sunday? I hope well. Now let's jump into who we got on our podcast today. Today we have Sharon Miller, the CEO of Renaissance Entrepreneur Center, and Brad Sweet the director of East Bay Programs. Hi, can you guys both hear me? Yes. Yes. Since you're putting on your podcast light, I'll put on my podcast light. Okay, sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My wife would tell you it does these things to your skin, and I just have no idea what she's talking about, but I just go, yes. Oh. Whatever you say, I'll turn on the light. Hi, welcome. Thank you both for joining me today. I have Sharon Miller and Brett Sweet um, from Renaissance joining me on Self Reflection Podcast. Um, I am, you know, grateful that you both are able to make this time to um, join me and share, you know, Renaissance with my audience, Renaissance with the world. Because, um, you know, the reason why I wanted to bring you guys on was to, you know, promote Renaissance, but but also um, share the amazing work that you guys do, because I believe not a lot of people, you know, are aware of what you guys do. So I'm going to let you guys reintroduce yourself real quick. Um, whoever wants to go first, it's okay. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Um, I'm Sharon Miller, and I'm the CEO of Renaissance. And what we do at Renaissance is... We provide access to training and resources and networks that people need to start and grow their own businesses. And we find that with a fabulous team of staff and consultants that um, with the right kind of support, our clients are doing magnificent things. And here's Brett. Hi, um, Brett Sweet. Anytime that I can say, allow me to reintroduce myself professionally mm-hmm. and reference the Jay-Z song that I know you're referencing, I'm, I appreciate. So thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, um, that was an important album for me that mm-hmm. helped me get into business school. So uh, again, uh, my name is Brett Sweet. I am a program director in our East Bay sites. Uh, we have a physical location in Richmond, California. We have some satellite locations in Antioch. Uh, and Oakland, and to, to sort of pair it, which Sharon said, we, we essentially um, create the means for back-end systems to be built for lower-income entrepreneurs. And so what that essentially means is we have some primary program areas we look at, we do training, um, we set up peer networks, we do a lot of advisory, we uh, create marketplaces, and then we also make sure the capital happens and flows to these entrepreneurs. Um, and so um, I think a lot of what we do is for people who have a passion, who have an idea, 
Um, they want to know where to start or they're already running it and they're trying to figure out how to make this work. Um, a lot of ways I try to think of us as sort of the, um, the, the business school for the everyday person. Um, and which, and accessibility is a huge part of it. Uh, we try to make everything that we do, um, something that someone can walk through our doors, whether physically or virtually, and they find all the resources they need. And if you're welcome and that they are held accountable, but they never feel like, um, they're excluded. Um, so that's a lot of what we do. Um, and we have, we cover many of the counties in the Bay area. Uh, we have programs, obviously in San Francisco, we have two sites there. Uh, we also have programs in the peninsula South Bay. Um, and we have programs in uh, the East Bay here. And so, and uh, we're, we're, you know, we're really trying to figure out how to do this. I don't know about you. I know Sharon and I talk about this weekly. We've never done a pandemic before. Mm-hmm. We're trying to just make this work uh, for everybody. Yeah. So some of our programs are in person. Some of our programs are online. We're still just trying to make sure that we can have programs that everybody knows about. So that's why being here with you means so much to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing so much. I feel like you covered all my questions before I even got to ask them. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing with the pandemic? You know, I know that um, has been a big um, impact on on our society as a whole. How are you guys as a company um, supporting your staff and supporting your um, the clients that come in during this time? Yeah. Well, I'd say, you know, just like everyone else in the world, when the pandemic hit, we moved all of our programs and services online. And that um, allowed people to continue to participate. Mm-hmm. We also found that as the economy became increasingly digital, that we needed to provide technology training so that all of our clients could participate and keep their businesses growing. So that was a big big part of the way our our own work changed. And as Brett mentioned, we've also been working really hard to get capital to small businesses who desperately needed it as they, you know, watch their, income income streams change so much mm-hmm. um, and our our staff is all working from home uh, we're finding that people are able to do really phenomenal work um, I think it really is a testament to their dedication but that there's still ways of keeping our staff together and supporting them even while everyone's working kind of in isolation mm-hmm and have you guys, um, you know, as a business, have you f- seen a drop or a shift in how many people come in to receive services during this time? Well, actually, the contrary. We've seen a big increase. Oh, wow. That we're seeing 50% more people now than we did in 2019 prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that... Yeah. Sorry. The need is huge. Um, the need is huge. And I think we're still trying to figure out where that all comes from. But one thing is, I think is if we hold a class, let's say in Richmond, and you live um, all the way on the other side of Pinole, to get off work and to get over might be a little bit harder. But if I throw that class online, um, we allow you to get in in a different way. Mm-hmm. The trade-off is 
if you're not as sophisticated as the three of us are and you know how to use Zoom on your phone or you understand all these aspects. So we're still, there's a lot of work that we're trying to do to figure out that new digital commute, as I kind of call it. Yeah. But I think that's, that's, the need is clear. And now once people find out about us, they, they run to us in large numbers, right? So it's, it's exciting, but it's also, um, Sharon has done a, an amazing job of having a vision of us getting online. Um, and being able to serve people and then also asking the right questions about quality and is this a good experience and, and what are the outcomes for people? So we're never going to turn anybody away, but we can always, we can, we can always do better. Right. So, yeah. Um, I think, you know, you saying the need for you guys, this program is there. I, I want to say I can attest to that because I have seen a lot more young people, um, you know, becoming um, or wanting to become entrepreneurs. Um, that's why I, I felt like, you know, bringing Renaissance into my, my, my program or my podcast would be really helpful to the, my, my audience because um, I have my audience base is a lot of young youths like myself that are trying to figure out, um, you know, the world and trying to figure out what career path they want to, you know, take. So I am really grateful that you both are here and sharing about Renaissance. <laughs> so um, how did you get into this position, Brett, um, of working at Renaissance? Um, I'm not sure everybody wants to hear my life story, so I'm going to try to keep <laughs> this pretty concise. Um, so I started as a client. With Renaissance, uh, my mom dragged me to this class uh, on Fifth Street. That I, I, I'll be. I have to be honest. I was very reluctant to go <laughs> um, when I was in high school in the nineties, um, early nineties. I had this idea that I was gonna, I was gonna, I was having people download my hip hop music online, and you know, I had something. You know, I was using America Online FTP servers, and I was having some, like twenty people a week, and I had a lot of criticism. Um, but it was making money and I couldn't get anybody to help me buy more computers um, to expand my market. And my mom took me to this class at the Renaissance. Um, and uh, they didn't understand it, but I never was judged. I never said there was never eye roll or whatever you want to do with them. It was just like, let's figure this out. Mm -hmm. And we wrote a business plan and I was able to buy like 10 more computers and expand this model. And I was able to sell it. And so that always was lingering in the back of my mind. I went off and I worked in many other capacities. Um, I transitioned from the music industry into doing a lot of booking and tour management. I had my own company. I, was, I worked in the early days booking at South by Southwest um, before the, the, the SoundCloud rappers learned about it. Um, I moved on from that into gaming and I did a lot of music supervision. I moved from that to tech. I did a lot of education startups. I got into finance. I got into private equity. I did venture capital. Um, I was doing a lot of digital media. Uh, but what I found over this journey, you know, between starting small businesses, going to business school, I was just getting really frustrated where I was working in a situation where I could see millions of dollars go to these tech companies and these startups. And these ideas just did not make sense to me. Right? And I think people are starting to see this right now where they see the same sauce served over and over again yeah and, and you know but the places that they would go after they get a million dollars they go to this cafe the next morning they go celebrate oh let's go party whatever they go to this cafe the cafe owner has nothing but potential millionaires eating eggs every morning but they can't get a fifty thousand dollar loan to expand their breakfast space 
And it just, it just didn't sit right with me. Um, and then I remember coming to an event in Oakland and I saw, I didn't know it at the time, it was first Friday. And I saw all these tables out and all these things. And my father um, had tried to turn Telegraph into an economic development corridor. Uh, and he was blocked over and over again. You know, it's one of those things where people were like, you have a great idea, but you just can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can't do that. You, know, you just can't put people out on Telegraph. And I have a really wonderful wife and partner, and she's really good at subtly kind of saying, hey, you could get mad or you could get involved. And to me, it was obvious. If I wanted to take the knowledge that I'd learned over Wall Street or take some of that Boston consulting thoughts or some of that Silicon Valley ideas or some of that, you know, Detroit kind of build a car network cluster and bring it to Alameda County and Contra Costa, I went to Renaissance and said, hey, you're already doing this, right? I'm just not a big fan of reinventing the wheel. I knew that they had this ability. Um, and the timing was just great because I was able to meet with Sharon and Tim Russell and they were, hey, it's really funny. You should bring this up. This is a good time for us. And so I kind of transitioned in that role and was able to help build out our our, our offices in the East Bay over time and, and try to create this ecosystem. Wow. Yeah, that is, you know, that's a phenomenal story because when you mentioned First Friday, I it, it kind of connects really well because a lot of the people that are at First Friday, which um, if you're listening now, you don't know what First Friday is. It, every Friday, every month in the beginning of the month, um, there is of like young entrepreneurs, um, you know, food, clothes, music, um, artists are, they meet up in Oakland and, you know, they just celebrate the culture, the people, um, they promote their business there. Um, so when you mentioned First Friday, I thought that's an amazing place to start because everyone over there is looking to, you know, build some type of revenue for themselves or build their business or showcase their, their artist, um, art skills. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, Sharon, I, I want to ask you, what is like your biggest, I want to say Renaissance biggest failure or challenge that has happened in the past year or so? And, um, can you just tell us again, when the Renaissance start and, how sure. the, a little history of it. <laughs> so Renaissance started in 1985. So it's been over 36 years that we have been working with small business owned by people of color, people with lower incomes, women. This has been um, the focus of our work for over three decades. And we started in San Francisco. And as Brett mentioned, we grew. Mm-hmm. from South of Market, San Francisco, throughout the Bay Area. So now we're a regional organization. The, um, you know, the biggest challenge for us over the year is just the impact of the pandemic, that this has been a devastating time for people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And small businesses are among the hardest hit, and especially Renaissance's target market of small businesses who don't have the same access as other better funded businesses. So really having to reimagine how we can deliver services and what kinds of services people really needed. Uh, What people needed during the pandemic was different than what people needed before the pandemic. So we have been working to customize, to experiment, to help businesses to pivot their own operations. So those businesses who were having cash exchanges, 
brick and mortar businesses early on in the pandemic, they were basically shut down. Mm -hmm. So we've had to use really our own ingenuity and figure out, okay, this is the environment. What kind of support can we deliver that will be meaningful? Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Um, So what advice would you give someone that is looking to start a business or have a small business during this time, but are struggling to to keep it going, you know, because I, I do um, realize that a lot of small business had to shut down during the pandemic. And um, some of them are looking to start up again, and some of them are still struggling to just keep it going at this time. What advice would you give them? Um, either one of you guys can <laughs> tackle this one. Yeah, um, I'll start and turn it over to Brett. I mean, what what we are seeing is that the people we work with are amazingly resilient Mm -hmm. and they are persevering. And people um, at Renaissance generally start business because they have such a passion and they are so committed and they want to give voice and life to the products or services that they've created. Mm -hmm. So that drive is there. So Early on, people were feeling terribly, like I made a mistake. Maybe I should have gone into business. Maybe, you know, maybe everything, second guessing everything. And a a lot of our work was encouragement, like taking a step back, seeing where you are, seeing what the factors are in the world and seeing how you can transition so you can still operate. We are also seeing people who are still starting businesses, even in the pandemic, which is just remarkable. So it is, it is staying, staying true to your core and continuing to persevere, reaching out to your customers. We are seeing everywhere that people want to help small businesses. So making sure your customers know you're in business, letting them know what, what provisions you've made so that they can shop with you and it's safe for them. It's safe for you, safe for your employees. So really Connect with people as much as possible. Um, Have your products and services online now and find ways that you can customize them so you're really meeting your customer needs in a whole new way. I'd say to add on to that, I think everything Sharon said obviously is is right. Um, I think to unpack a little bit also is that like maybe small businesses didn't have the bandwidth to reflect and the pandemic required them to stop and think for a minute, right? And that's one of the things we kind of try to teach at Renaissance is like, you're very good at working in your business, right? We always talk about the story, like, I think you understand this, and we're not taking anybody in particular, but cupcakes are popular, right? Sharon and I have eaten our share of cupcakes, right? <laughs> our time in Renaissance, okay? Um, and it's, I'm sure this is an amazing cupcake, right? Mm-hmm. This cupcake is not going to change the world fundamentally, although that entrepreneur believes that it is. That's fine, okay? Yeah. Take a moment to reflect. Also, you've, you're really good at making cupcakes. Do you understand the moments of, of like working? You've worked in the business. You, you make cupcakes. Do you work on the business a little bit? Do you, do you know the pricing of it? Do you understand the places in the in your Bay Area that people really want cupcakes? Do you understand the cities that they're allergic to this and you might have to pivot a little bit? Mm-hmm. So there's some moments there that is really important to think about. For people starting businesses, I always say the same thing over and over again. Try to find an opportunity where you're selling water in the desert, right? There's a lot of needs, right? 
there's a lot of needs out there that people are just thinking that maybe government's supposed to solve this, maybe this, and actually small business is supposed to solve this, right? You could almost start a toilet, you know, Sharon's probably tired of me talking about this. You could start a toilet paper store, yeah. right? You don't, you don't need to go over to, to, to any other large box store. When it thinks about that. So I think what it, it did more than ever is when people were taken out of the hustle and bustle and they had to stay at home through years of quarantine, mm-hmm. it made you really understand how to spend money in your neighborhood and value your neighborhood. And these are huge businesses. So that's a, a way to think about it. Also, you know, we've had some time to test some of these models. And so, um, Understanding the power of being online, but also understanding what is the right fit for you. Um, you don't need to do everything. You don't need to have your food delivery through every single food delivery thing. You need to have the one that works really well for you and your customers. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I think the last thing that I'll say is businesses have been really challenged. Businesses are run by human beings. These human beings have been even more challenged. Like, if we start assuming the best out of everybody and we start communicating what's going on, then we make value for each other. Mm-hmm. But we we have no idea what anyone's going through. And so my my philosophy is I always assume that people had as hard of a two years as I did. And I think the more that I talk about that, the more people explain what's going on from them. And there's all these other business opportunities that are starting to happen, right? Yeah. So, I mean... Um, and it's funny because I'm starting, you know, I, I interact with individuals. I love small businesses, spend 99% of my dollar with small businesses, right? And it, I'll, you ever notice, like, you've talked to somebody and you still don't know that you, like, for example, they may not even know that I work with small businesses, right? Mm-hmm. I'll have a conversation with my barber for years and they finally figured out, oh, you're the people who give out the grants. And I'm like, right, right. <laughs> so I think, like, being patient enough to say it multiple times. Yeah. So I would, that would be my advice to entrepreneurs to do too, is explain what's going on to your customers and they'll get involved. They will rally for you, mm-hmm. right? We see our favorite restaurants close. People are so upset. They're crying. That's because we need the restaurant to explain that you're in the process of crisis ahead of time so that your customers can help you, right? Uh, absolutely. And so as more as we can be, you know, a little bit more transparent and less messy, I think we're all, we're all kind of, we'll solve this together. I, I think you brought up a really good point there, you know, being transparent and being open and actually allowing the customers, the people that are coming there to know what is going on. Because sometimes people do take small businesses um, as families. Um, you know, if you've been going there for 10, 5, you know, however long you've been going there, you kind of get attached to it. And that's that's just being human um, for the most part. Um, so how... You kind of touch on this, Brett. Um, how can someone, um, you know, find a target audience? What kind of advice would you give them when it comes to business? Because you mentioned about, uh, you mentioned, you know, connecting with your audience and connecting with the people, your customer base. How do you know when you found you find that customer base and to target them consistently? Because that's the way business keeps going and keeps growing. A really good question. Um, my advice would be first of all, figure out who's not your customer. I think the first thing that we see with entrepreneurs is who are you selling to? Everybody. Not so much, right? Yeah. So if you could start diagramming out who's not your customer, who's left over is your customer. 
The second thing is being aware, aware and willing to test it. It doesn't cost a lot of money. I think in our communities, we have terms for it, right? We call it being a little hood or ghetto or whatever. <laughs> Silicon Valley calls it being lean. Mm-hmm. And so let's say, for instance, if you have a food product, you don't have to have a fully built out like taqueria first. You could put up an ironing board and start putting your products out and have people fill out paper surveys. If nine out of 10 people say they like it, that's good. But if nine out of 10 people say they like it, but they wouldn't spend $14 on it, you also have even more info. Mm-hmm. And you're okay with that. But listening, setting up a feedback loop and then, you know, trying to figure out a way that you can sort of pivot or learn from that and take that information out. Um, I don't know that you have to buy the $20,000 market report. I think it helps if you're setting up like four franchises all over the county. Yeah. But I think initially... Talking to your customers, giving them a chance to sample what you're doing and letting them educate you, but asking very honest questions. The other thing I would say is, and I would remind people, um, your mother loves you. Your mother's not your customer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your mom loves you. Though. Your mom yeah. loves you. Mm-hmm. She, you can't build a business on your mom's love. So you need to like... It's good to get family support, but again, we're trying, as you're talking about, you want the kind of business that if, if you were in the threat of closing for 10 years, people feel like they lost a member of their family and they mm-hmm. would go to bat for you. Mm-hmm. So that is built by talking to people who are strangers and trying to explain, hey, I'm, hi, my name is Brett and I'm trying to start the first, you know, I don't know, steam powered bamboo only dry cleaner in this neighborhood. Are you interested in that? Why would you be interested in that? Well, how often a week do you, do you get your clothes clean? Well, why wouldn't you get your clothes clean? Oh, okay. You know, just mm-hmm. being okay with asking those type of questions. There's a, great, a bunch of theories on that. And um, we have actually at all of our sites, we have a pretty phenomenal class about that called Start Smart. Um, and we teach people how to do that. Um, and we try to encourage that. But again, um, it's building a mindset. So you don't hear that voice in the back of your head that says, I ain't going to do all that, mm-hmm. right? Or the equivalent of, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to go today because that's entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll worry about that later. I'm going to keep, go, 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 go. And you're like, Let's make sure that you don't build something that is special to you, but it's not special to somebody who's going to pay you twice a week for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, you talking about the Start Smart class. I think Sharon literally pushed me to take that class. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm, Thank and, you, Sharon. <laughs> I loved I loved every second of it. You know, um, I think Sharon was one of the first people that talked to me about my target audience when it came to my yes. podcast. Um, and um, I remember just having really deep, intense conversations with her about, you know, finding my the right person, you know, not even a group of people, just that one person that I am trying to get that message to um, every time. And then when I took that class, it really reinforced the message that Sharon had, you know, told me um, about, you know, finding my right target audience or my right person um, yeah. the whole time. Do you want to add to this, Sharon? <laughs> oh, I I love what Brett said. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're really in agreement about how to, you know, help our businesses succeed. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. I'll bring you to um, mental health because my podcast does tie in with a little bit of that. Um, how do you guys or how does Renaissance support um, the staff there when it comes down to their mental health? 
So we have, um, and I'd like to answer for the clients as well. Yes, please. But I, I think we try our best to really give people flexibility and to recognize that people have their work lives and they have families and they have friends and they have demands on their lives. And we really try to run the program so that there's flexibility in people's lives. We give wellness hours. It's a few hours a month. Just take, just use them. Don't, it's not a vacation. It's, it's to take a walk around the block or, or go to the doctor or do whatever you need to do. We are pretty generous with our vacation policies so that people get ample time to take off. And I think our staff is so supportive of each other. So when a person has a need, um, we, we encourage you to be open. We don't ask details. We don't need to know. But if you say, I have a family emergency, um, staff rallies around each other in a really, really generous way. I found personally, that was my experience when I needed support. The staff was 100% there. We got your back and they really, really did. So we also have our organization structured. So promoting people from within is a value. So when possible, when there are opportunities, we want to invest in the people who are already at Renaissance whenever possible and support that person through mentorship and training to to get to another position so that we are building their careers Mm -hmm. and supporting them every step of the way. Yeah. Um, And and um, and let me let Brett respond. And then uh, if you're interested, we can talk a little bit about clients, too. I would love to. Um, yeah, everything Sharon said, and I'm not just saying this because Sharon was here. I think also, <laughs> you know, I've been here seven years, and I'll just tell the story. It's like I remember uh, we had this big meeting for graduation, and we had one of our really important funders who was there, and two of them. And I got ready to walk in, and I got a call that my wife had found my mom collapsed in the backyard. And I turned to Sharon, and I said, hey, I think I need to take my mom to the hospital. And she was like, you got it. I compared that to a job I'd worked six years beforehand that I said, I just heard my father is being taken off hospice. And I was told, if you leave, don't come back. Right. It's a very different culture in Renaissance. Yeah. Um, you can tell by her head shake, right? Because she's like, I can't believe people exist like this. Um, <laughs> I think Renaissance, they, people don't, I, I don't know if we talk about this enough. So I think this is good. It's not on our website, but the staff um, really rallied to the cause around each other. Uh, I've never been in an environment and seen an environment where people are um, as supportive, right? Um, and we've all, every single member of, I've been here seven years, everybody's had just trepidation, just things at home that are heart-wrenching. And people don't get into each other's business. They're just like, what do you need? Yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, and so I think that leads the foundation. But that's, if you've never experienced that, right, it's kind of like, you know, if you haven't been through something, you won't recognize <laughs> when somebody's taking care of you, right? Absolutely. I think we have these norms that happen sometimes. People say, well, leave your drama at the door, which might as well be like, cut your arm off and leave it by your shoes, right? Because drama comes from trauma, right? So I think what we do is that I think I want to credit Sharon being our CEO for doing She's created an environment 
where all those kind of bumps and warts, those are part of the package and we accept them with the people and we embrace them. Mm-hmm. And that, that when you need your time, take your time, no questions asked, right? It's not a matter of, did you get your work done? It's a matter of, you look like you need, you need help. Yeah. So when you tell me what you need, we'll come for that. In addition, I think through the pandemic, I think Sharon has done a great job of being a role model, which is she tries out the things that refill other staff members right so for example i'm really into a lot of like meditation and qigong and yoga and martial arts she hired consultants to come in and talk about meditation and qigong um you know another person might be really into uh playing online games and and team building Mm -hmm. we got to do one of those it's all on the table there's no there's never a no yeah because it's such, it's a feeling, right? Mental health is a feeling, right? It's like it's like belonging. It's like inclusion. It's mm-hmm. how you feel. Yeah. So the answer is never no. The answer is when you want to do it. Yeah. And I think we can build more of that, but we are trying to figure out this sort of uh, this slider, right? This this sort of monitor like a volume, right? Some of our work is really good and it happens on Zoom. Some of our work has to happen in person. Mm-hmm. Right? I know for me, managing my team, they love going to lunch. So all my client businesses, they love seeing me because they know I'm going to come in there and, and buy lunch. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they love, they need that. Yeah. That's how they, they work. They need to ha- they need to hang out, have lunch, and we go, okay, this is what we're going to do next week. Have a good Friday. Right? Absolutely. But I think we have a great place where there's, the thing about the Renaissance culture for us is, to me at least, it doesn't seem like there's one definition of what is wellness and what is mental health. Yeah. Hello? Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. We're here. I glitched the matrix. I'm sorry. <laughs> too, too much mental health on the internet. <laughs> it, there is too much. And I think I, I you know, I kind of missed a little bit there. But um, from what I gathered, you know, I think you can, you can definitely tell that you guys do prioritize your mental health and you understand that mental health is different for everyone and is going to show up different for everyone and everyone needs a different type of support and you know i i love the fact that sharon is a role model in, in that aspect um when it comes to her caring for herself and like you know bringing that energy into the team because i think um you know it starts from some would say from the bottom up and from the top to the bottom, but at the same time, Sharon is the pillar and she's the CEO of the, the, the team. So, um, you know, to have her be a great model for that, for you guys, I think that's a great um, place to be at. Um, not to promote Renaissance anymore, guys. <laughs> I don't know if they're hiring, but it's, you know, it's, I, I think it's a great, and Sharon is a great person. I have met her in person and you're absolutely amazing uh, person. If you want to share a little bit about the clients and how you guys support your clients with mental health, that would be great. I guess. Here, I- Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I lost your question there for a moment. I, I guess what she was asking about is how do we support our clients with mental health? Yes. Um, so, go ahead, Shay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I think one of the most important things that Renaissance does, I mean, our tag entrepreneurship. So there are so many people who have ideas 
and commitments inside themselves that they're not able to express. Mm -hmm. And even Brett talking about his own story coming to Renaissance, he came with an idea um, as our clients do. And that idea was embraced and he was embraced. And then because of our work, we are able to help people to really realize their own dreams and to become economically self-sufficient on their own terms. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're creating that vehicle for self-expression. And I think the flip side of not being able to express yourself is, is terrible for someone's mental health because you're constantly tamping yourself down and not being who you are and feeling like you have something to put out in the world that there's no outlet for. So not only are we working with adults and and providing training, which, you know, for many people after high school or after college, that's when your formal education ends. So we have all these people who are coming to us with such an openness and I want to learn. I don't have the skills that you're offering. I want to learn them. So they're even able to grow from that place mm -hmm. and then having this expression. And finally, and Brett was talking about this before, is that we help people to build networks of support because we all know you can't do everything alone. You can't do many things alone. So here we're very intentional by having classes that are multi-session, by having networking events, by having all these ongoing support so that our clients see each other over time. And then we have facilitated networking so that they become a center of support. You know, as you start a business, there are often people in your life who are like, why are you doing that? Who are you to start a business? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, that's not going to work. And instead, you are surrounding yourselves with people who believe in you, who are excited by what you do, who understand your challenges. And, and that kind of support just doesn't happen. We really facilitate it and are bringing people together and encouraging people to share your challenges. Don't be ashamed by your challenges. If, if you're having problems selling your product, talk about it and let us help you get there, not say, oh, everything's fine when it's not. So we really work within a culture of support. Any client who comes to Renaissance is welcome to come back at any step of their business development. If they come to Renaissance and through the Start Smart class or through other trainings realize they they don't yet have a business or their idea isn't going to be a business, that's okay. We welcome you. Mm -hmm. We will never turn around and say, well, you know, uh, that was a waste of time because it's not because you're still exploring who you are. You're exploring your ideas and, and maybe not now, but maybe in the future, you'll be able to bring them to fruition. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Brett, did you um, wanted to add? I think one of the things that's interesting, and this is kind of informal, Right. So it's not something that I would die on the hill about, but it's just an idea is that, you know, what's it, it compelling to me about entrepreneurship and teaching it to these communities? Like not everybody's one, one thing that we do when people are starting a business or anything is that we're very realistic about expectations. So having a mission and a vision for yourself personally is very clear mm -hmm. because do we want to let somebody get down the road and they invest everything in some business and it doesn't work? Or do we want to let somebody become super successful and they never see their family or the goals that they set for themselves, right? So that's one piece. The other one is that entrepreneurship 
teaches you how to learn, right? You learn how to learn. Um, it's one of the rare things that I've seen that does that um, in on the planet. And so in a part of that, what I felt with clients, especially those who do not have the same sophistication we may not have, they, you know, they may not have gone to college, they may not have a master's degree or whatever. Once we start opening the doors in their mind and say, hey, this is how business works, and they see things a little bit, they're more willing to look around and say, okay, because I'm thinking about how to estimate healthcare for my employees, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that I could sign up for healthcare myself. Right? Because, and they start looking at all the other systems that are around them, that there's readily available systems and, and services that they can get a part of. Yeah. Um, so that's a really important one. And then there's also partnerships. Like um, a lot of our, uh, we do a great job, but case in point, this is a partnership. You felt compelled to have us here because you felt like if we talk, this will spread the word and more people will come to us. So clearly we need to do this with more partners, right? So one thing that we can always do is partner with the agencies that are doing that. So that way we can directly send to somebody and say, hey, we're seeing all these clients and they mentioned they have some mental health stuff that they want to have help with in addition to their business. And then that way we can do those things. So they integrate it into their practice. Yeah. It's part of their, their growth as a person and as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And I think you mentioned something really great right there. Um, talking about, um, you don't have to have, you know, amputable amount of knowledge to want to learn from Renaissance. You can start from, you can start anywhere you are and you can grow from there. And you said something about opening the, the doors of the mind. Um, and I think that was really important for me. Um, when I, when I took that startup class, cause it gave me a clear vision. It opened my mind to who, how I say my message and who I'm directing it to. So it, it really is a place where I think, you know, you can grow a lot from. Um, just can you give, maybe uh, drop some gems on, you know, uh, process and startup, like what you need to start a business, um, the middle process, and then possibly towards the end. I would say the most important thing to starting a business is having, uh, we hinted at this, do you know who your customers are and do they know you? And do you have a business model? Do you fundamentally understand how your business makes money? Right. Um, and just some basics, right? So let's go back to our cupcake analogy. If you want to sell people $10 cupcakes, sure. But if they cost $15 to make, that business model doesn't work. Understand that. Like, make sure you have that down pat. So you understand the economic engine, right? Um, uh, how to start. There's many definitions of it. Do you have a business license? Do you have a legal structure? Do you know what a legal structure is? Do you have a business bank account, right? Um, do you have a little bit? You don't have to have this fully blown out, you know, big app. But do you have some kind of web presence, right, that people can contact you? Um, do you have an accounting system? Do you have a way to market? And do you understand how to pay yourself, which is probably the most important, right? <laughs> Even if you're not making money in the first three years or whatever, when you get to the point you're going to pay yourself, do you know what that process is looking like? Do you know how to move money out of your business bank account to your personal account so that you can live? Um, as you get to the middle of the road, you're talking about employing people. Do you have a playbook? You know, and I, I guess the way to think about a playbook, it's like recipes, right? Um, we all have a recipe that somebody that we love handed down to us, right? So we, it's in our head. 
But for the people that are working for us, they didn't have that experience. So you have to write it out very clearly, right? Do you have all those things? So when you hire someone hires, you not only have a job description, can they follow this over and over again? Um, and so they need to know those kind of things that you bring up. And then also, do you have a plan for growth? Do you understand how your marketing converts into sales and that turns into customers? How many customers do you bring in? How many customers are you going to lose just naturally? People like shiny objects, right? Right? Right now, everybody loves a white cloth. Who knows what it'll be in two years, right? Right? They're just trendy that way. Right? Yeah. So you got you to gotta accept that, that I'm going to bring in 10 new customers and lose two in the process, right? Okay. So have a process that will grow and think about it. And what is the change going to make? If you make a thousand more cupcakes, right, what's that going to do to your staff? What's that going to do to your customers? Is that going to slow down your production? Have some idea about capacity. I think that's kind of the, the middle of it. Um, and I'm sure Sharon has a bunch of great perspectives too. Um, I, I think Brett summed it up really well. And, and probably the biggest, the biggest step back is, you know, it doesn't take a miracle to start a business. And sometimes people feel like it really does, but it doesn't. It takes a plan. And we at Renaissance are really focused on having a business plan so that you've, it, it really forces people to think through all the steps. And there are a lot of people who like love making the product. Or they love marketing the product. Or they'll say like, well, I don't like math, so I don't like the numbers. And it's like, you have to change your attitude on that. You know, you have to know your numbers. So it's really thinking through the whole plan and what the variables are. So what is plan A? What is plan B? Um, so having that plan going into the business is for having a means of distribution. And that's going to change not only based on your product, but even the kind of product it is. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're delivering food, you might need a refrigerated truck. What does that cost? Or if you're delivering something really high end, um, what kind of packaging is it going to have? How is it going to get to the consumer? Is it too fragile to ship? So having that distribution model and then having a clear structure. What are your financials? How much does it cost to make this product? How much of your time goes into it? What's the profit? That there's no shame in making a profit. That's why people are having businesses yes. so that they they can generate wealth. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, the, the last end statement there, no shame in making profit in business. Because I think a lot of times, you know, including myself, when I, if I were to start a business, I think I usually, I would... I wouldn't want to pay myself. Um, you know, I would, I want to give back to the community, but at the same time, I need to survive. Um, yes. And you wouldn't work in a job for somebody else if you didn't get paid. And it's, it's very understandable. Mm -hmm. That's the way it goes. And you can do something a lot longer if you are getting paid than if you're volunteering um, or if if you really find that you cannot charge for your services that you just possibly can't sell those cupcakes brett was talking about like because cupcakes and food or love and you have to give them away that's a beautiful thing but that is not a business absolutely absolutely um what are some challenges that your um the clients at renaissance face um often 
people face a lot of challenges. You know, we are a program specifically designed to work with people, uh, a broad range of people. So there's a vast number of challenges, everything from um, lack of capital to institutional racism to um, gender inequity. Um, these are real issues. And as people are doing things on their own, um, there's really a spotlight yeah. on those issues that um, maybe people like to do business with people they know or people who look like them or people who went to the same school as they do. So we're trying to fill in those gaps and help people to have the confidence to move forward, the resources and the networks that can break down some of those barriers. Absolutely. Brad, do you have any um, add-ons? I mean, everything, everything Sharon said, right? Yeah. I'm sure, like, the cat's out of the bag, right, over the last two years. We don't have to explain this. Like, it was all on TV, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody saw this, right? Um, I think also one of the things is that one of the narratives about being an entrepreneur is that, yo, you know, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, right? That's cool. Sometimes we find out the bootstraps means my millionaire family loaned me a little bit of money, right? The entrepreneurs we work with don't have those families, right? So they're probably working a full-time job. And then this business is being grown as a side hustle. And that's their primary informant. But there's all this stuff that happens in between. They have yeah. a family to take care of. They're raising kids, right? All these things. They've got to balance and be a professional. They're running, their, they're working a day job, and then they can't let their entrepreneurship life conflict with their professional life and the day job, and they have to compartmentalize and all those things. And there's so much in between, right? There's so many challenges in between all that stuff. So I think um, to share and support, and it's also hard to understand how to take in information and use it when maybe some of the messaging, you know, people are talking about, hey, work your networks, and they don't really understand that, hey, the networks that they have are very exclusive because they went to this college. Some people only want to buy from them because they went to the same college. Yeah. Right. And they try the same method and it doesn't work and it falls flat. Nobody actually tells them. Right. It's like one of the things I learned about working in sort of tech was like, if you upset somebody, they put you on a list. They don't tell you, hey, you know, you know, Brett, you shouldn't have said that in a meeting. Right. They just put you in a mid list and then you don't you don't get invited to the party. Anymore, mm -hmm. Right. Right. I guess now we call it cancel. Right. But, so, <laughs> the cancel right? culture. Cancel culture. Right. <laughs> well, I warn you. Now I'm going to cancel. Right. So, yeah. And, and, and so I think this becomes very frustrating. Right. And so these are the other challenges that we see that we kind of help parse a little bit and help people come up with new systems and look at that. Um, and it's encouragement. But there's just a lot of human things that happen in between. Right. Yeah. Um, and so um, the, the, the health of the business is directly connected to sort of the, the, the health of the person, right? Which is why a mental health podcast is really important. Uh, it's because there's this idea, right? Especially if you've never come from resources, yes. you know? Like if you've, never, if you've never had money, right? You obsess on having money, right? If you've, never had, if you've never had three meals a day, you obsess on eating more than you should, right? Things like that. So it gets to this point where why shouldn't I? Why can't I? Mm -hmm. Right? And it can be, it can be, you know, we've had a couple of people cry in our offices. We've cried in our offices, right? We cry with our clients, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's a struggle, and there's also this other human side. So you don't have to be tough all the time. Yeah. Um, but I think there's real challenges that we see. We intimately learn all this stuff for us to prove our model. To Sharon's point, we have to have people proactively tell us when they're in trouble so we can help them. 
Because then that way, when they proactively have success, we can also help brag on them and improve our model. And we see all the stuff in between. We kind of like, I think one of the terms that we talked about for the last few years is the economic first responders. We're kind of like business EMTs, right? So we're in the emergency room with these businesses all over the Bay Area. And we don't, we don't tell you about all the operations we did, but we've seen some things and you take it home a little bit and you go, wow, I couldn't imagine, you know? Yeah, yeah. Conversation Sharon and I have some of these things, like this idea of what the definition of poverty is. And we add up those numbers and we try to just, I don't know how I would make it through a year on just that amount of money. You know, it just boggles our mind. And so it inspires me and I think it inspires her to do what she does, to work much harder for us. So that way we can create these resources for people. But you understand why people are just frustrated. You understand why people are just having their moment in the grocery store, right? Yeah. Why they lose it. (laughs) It's because when you, when you run the numbers on some of these things, it's just frustrating when we hear them. And then uh, the best that we can do is rather than say, you know, get back to work. Like I hear you. How do we transform this into into something that we can do better with? Yeah. So it's it's you know it's not without its emotional kind of process when people love you that much they want to tell you all this stuff and then you have to walk that walk with them. Yeah, and you know just listening to you guys um, speak about this, it I think you know you guys are more than just an entrepreneur center. You know if you look at it, you're you guys are providing a space for people to be free with themselves and allow people you guys are seeing people for who they are and and seeing them beyond what they see themselves their potentials um you know and i think that's such a great thing to have in a community especially the people that you guys are supporting low-income folks um you know i i really commend you guys for the work you guys are doing thank you um just one you know one two uh last questions for you both how can you guys support a young entrepreneur right now by giving them some encourage, some words of encouragement or some words of wisdoms um, so that they can take take on on their journey with them? You know, um, there is a there's a guy, a man once who had this idea that he was going to build um, a vehicle. And this was a crazy idea. And he kept bringing this vehicle um, to the World Fair over and over again. And every time he tried to make it work, they called him insane. And when it finally worked, they said, wow, you have the horseless cart. This is, no, that was seven years ago. This is the automobile. His name was Henry Ford. Um, later in life, um, he maybe let his spirituality get away from him and started saying some some pretty ugly things. But at that time, in that moment, rather than being, you know, monstrous to the people who were monstrous to him, he said, you know, failure is nothing more than an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. And I think that's what it is to be an entrepreneur, is to take your failures and your mistakes and look at them as that and say, look, I just didn't get it right today. And so if I was a young person again, (laughs) right, and I had Brett's brain, I would look at it that way and be successful. I mean, for me and who I am, you know, I never won the first place business point competition. Well, okay, now I win them. Okay, and that's how we got COVID. But through my career, I didn't. I always came in second, right? I always got edged out by something else. Um, But I learned more that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I think the beauty of it, I guess my mom used to say, is youth is wasted on the young and i think i'm just starting to figure that one out this this week 
which is like, if I had the energy of a young person with my perspective, I would embrace all the lumps, all the butt whoopings, all those things, because you're getting a catalog of experiences. You're creating your own Google within your head. So when you do a search, you realize you've been through this stuff. You realize you've learned, you have new processes written in your brain. Does that make sense? Yes. But I think the mistake of being a young person is that we're always taught that when you swing for the ball, you're supposed to knock it out of the park the first time. You never played baseball before. Right? Yeah. And of course, you're going to be, a, when you get up on stage and rap, you're going to be the greatest of all time. They're going to cheer for you, but you never did this before. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? And that's the, that's the myth that's sold to each other. So I would just challenge that to say, be just a little bit more patient. Don't, don't you know, be, be ambitious, sure. But like, don't beat yourself up for a success metric when you've never done this before, even though your fantasies and your dreams and the marketing and the, all the TV shows and the social media have told you that every time you step up to the plate, you're the best. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. you just gotta, that's how Sharon got here. That's how Brett got here. We didn't, we had to work for it. We had to take some moments where like, yeah, I could do that better. That wasn't the best me. And you work on it, you reflect. And this is, if we learned anything from the two years being locked away, there is something about taking a pause, walking away from it, breathing, and coming back to it and saying, hey, I didn't give you my A on Tuesday. I'm going to give you my A on Wednesday. Absolutely. Nice. Sharon, do you, I, Brett just I, shut it down right now, by I the know. Way. He, like, dropped the mic on that one. Um, <laughs> I... I I would say, you know, entrepreneurship is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. It's not for everyone. You have to really want to be it, feel it, eat it, sleep it, all of it. Mm -hmm. And if you do, and I think about 10% of the population is entrepreneurial. It's not everyone. It's not for everyone. But if it is for you, the opportunities are endless. And you get to be in the driver's seat and you get to make the decisions about your future. And it doesn't for one second mean you don't have a boss because all your customers are your boss. It doesn't mean that you have it easy. It means there's a whole lot of work in front of it, but it's your success and your accomplishments. And, um, and how wonderful is that to really take charge of your life and your future and to do it with your own drive and ambition? So, like, we want to support entrepreneurs. We're, we love entrepreneurship, and we want to support entrepreneurs at every step of the way and really look at it as, like, this is the opportunity where it really is up to you, mm-hmm. and you get to be the decider on everything in your own life. So go for it. It's hard. It's frustrating, but um, the rewards outweigh the risks so much. Yeah, thank you both. Thank you both. So if someone was listening right now and they wanted to become part of the Renaissance family like Brett and myself that started, you know, with the startup class, um, or if they just want to learn more about Renaissance, where can they find you guys on social media, on your website or? Our website, you can go to us. Um, Social media, we're there. Also, I mean, Think about wherever you live, there's probably a renaissance very close to you, right? Um, so try calling that if you're not getting, you know, if that doesn't work, you can email. We're going to route you. But again, just kind of think about where you live and tell us that when you live there. And then we're going to make sure that we connect you with the office and, and the site that's the closest to you. Um, 
So we get to say it. The website is uh, rencenter.org. Yes. Rencenter.org. And yes. you guys have an Instagram page where we can follow yes. you. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, maybe a TikTok one day. Not, <laughs> not yet. Not do you, you want to share the name? Um, is it just the same as what's the username for Instagram? This is when you get to call me a boomer. Because <laughs> I, I, I know how you millennials talk about us. Because <laughs> the one is like, like Twitter is like at Rensen. Okay. This is really hard. Our Instagram is Ren Center. R-E-N-C-E-N-T-E-R, Rent Center. Okay. Like the website is like rentcenter.org. Absolutely. Yep. Um, thank you both so much. I have thank had, you. this has been a really enlightened conversation. I hope that anyone that's listening is going to be as joyful as I am hearing the message and hearing what you guys do for the community. So thank you both so much. Any last final words from either one of you um thanks lira um just just come on over we're we're happy to hear your ideas and work with you and support you to become the success that you um you are meant to be thank you thank you thank you guys so much thank you thank you Um, i want to thank you for listening to another episode of self-reflection podcast i hope you have a lovely day Take care of yourself, love yourself, be kind, and be gentle with yourself. Until next time, you're listening to Self-Reflection Podcast, and this is your girl, Lyra. Ta-da.